All right, back here on the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. 877-37-GRIND. Going to welcome Lubbock in the score. Uh, welcome into the show. Uh, you pretty much, only we've been talking and leading in, of course, with the National Football League. That gets going tonight, so you haven't really missed too much. Uh, we kind of did a little bit of breaking that game down and really what I'm looking forward to, and, and that's really the defense improvement of the Detroit Lions because I think we know what they're bringing or what they're capable of on offense. What do you got? Well, don't forget that the defensive secondary was a point of focus in free agency for Detroit this year. Uh, they went out, they brought C.J. Gardner-Johnson in from Philadelphia, okay. winning mentality, and they brought Cameron Sutton in from right. the, the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, winning winning mentality. So uh, if you're looking at, that, at the what the defense could look like behind Aiden Hutchinson, I think those are two key pieces, especially as you look at an offense like the Kansas City Chiefs coming in and potentially without Kelsey. Uh, that get, allows you to get your feet wet, but they've got some some real guys on the back end now. Well, I mean, look, this is what makes the NFL so exciting because, like, you know, the GMs that I've paid attention over the years, they're like, this is the time where it's like a three-part where you take the test. And you you put together this puzzle. It starts with um, it starts with the combine. Then it goes in the, then it goes with free agency or free agency in the combine. Then it goes to the draft. And then when the season starts, you get to put it all out there to see what it looks like. Because you really don't get to see too much in preseason because ain't nobody running nothing. Nobody's game planning. Nobody's planning for anything. Um, so you really get to see now that it counts, and you really need the first couple of weeks to see. So it's good. I mean, those are just names you didn't told me. I mean, I'm looking at, like, how is it going to come out on the field? Because, first of all, Detroit is has not for a while had – been known for defense. They haven't had any good defenses in a while. That's the reason why they drafted Hutchinson number two overall as a cornerstone when they did. So um, those could be additions that pop out of the page at all of us tonight. We'll see how it goes, you know, uh, because there's always a narrative. And that's the reason why, you know, in the course of the NFL football season, you hear a lot of people, oh, overreact Mondays, overreact this, because it goes like a storybook every day. You have to I take it just to let you know for the new listeners. I take this week by week. You know, I'll try to give you my opinion and predict like this is going to happen, but I'll have to react on what I see on Thursdays, Sundays and Mondays. And I just think that's where we're at with that. So it's going to be interesting tonight. Um, I wouldn't be surprised or shocked at all uh, if Detroit won this just because of the circumstances um, of going in. Uh, that's why I would say that. Um, I think from a receiver standpoint, um, it's going to be, I mean, I think what they did last year, speaking of Kansas City and winning the Super Bowl, when a lot of people, which I still feel, they won the Super Bowl, but I still feel the team is different without Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is a scare. He's one probably the most scariest skill player in the National Football League because he has very rare, unique speed. And, and they are different. Now, they went and won it without him. But it's going to be interesting to see, you know, because eventually – Kansas City's, in my opinion, I think as it goes on, eventually they're going to have to have another alpha male, 
step up at the wide receiver position and be kind of their cornerstone. They can go ahead and, you know, every offseason and mismatch here because you got number one, you got 15. But eventually they're going to have to have an alpha male dog step up and be a receiver that's going to be with Patrick going on to the rest of his career for the most part of it. 877-37-GRIND. We got Gerald Glenn checking in with us on Facebook Live. He's saying Lions 28, Chiefs 24. What's the total on this game, too? Uh, let me check to see if I can get the total because I was about to tell, you know, Gerald, it looks like you probably got the over total right because uh, I don't know what they got the total said. Before I look, I bet you this is going to be set about 50, 52, 52 and a half, somewhere around there. Where am I at? I'm seeing 53 and a Ooh, half. I'm good, man. I'm pretty good. I'm close. Never. I knew when I was a kid it should have been on the prices right. But the lines, I can just tell you, man, it's just so much I've looked at this stuff over the years. I can tell you, these two, oh, that's about a 52, 53 total. So if that's the case, Gerald be kicking at the screen and he had the over because he had one point missing. And that means somebody hit a wide post, somebody missed the extra point, somebody failed on a two-point conversion. Uh, that kind of what can take place in those particular situations. 877-37-GRIND. All right, moving on, uh, and we'll stick with the NFL. Um, the other AFC um, West team, um, I want to get to I want to get to them in a little bit because I because I want to talk about and I'm not gonna spend too much time on it but I want the captains were announced yesterday and there's one particular captain that was voted by you know it's getting voted by the teammates and everything that uh, was not a voted a captain and who was that has me thinking hmm I'll be paying attention to that and that kind of speaks volumes to me a little bit but before we get to them let's stick with the NFL, but let's talk about Matthew Stafford, okay, and the Rams. Um, we do know Cooper Cup has been ruled out. He will not be here uh, week one. Um, you know, he had a setback um, in his rehab. Um, Cooper is starting to get questionable on his durability, to be honest with you. But I told you yesterday, I think I said this yesterday or either Tuesday, that, you know, he's the one guy that I feel that has almost like a quarterback. He's the one receiver that I feel that has a quarterback effect to a team if he's not healthy. Um, because he's so important to what McVay does to that whole offense. Now, he's not going to be here this week for week one. Um, and Matthew Stafford, his quarterback, basically took, I guess, the way I took it when I heard this, it kind of took exceptions to where the society that we live in when it comes to fantasy football. And Matthew Stafford wanted to go ahead and speak on that. And this is what Matthew had to go ahead and say. During the offseason camp last year, you talked about how you really wanted to be out there, but you understood the reason you weren't. Yeah. Have you had those conversations with Cooper? Obviously, he understands, but those conversations about what it's like to want to be out there and know that maybe the best thing is just holding back a little bit and waiting. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, that's the that's the toughest thing. You know, all of you know, everybody everybody sits there and goes, "Oh man, you know, he's not going to be on our fantasy team, or he's not going to be on this, that, and the other." But like, this is a human being too that works his entire life and and works, you know, more than anybody I know in the off seasons to make sure that he's ready to go. And when he's not, you know, that's that's tough as a human being, you know, and as a football player and as a competitor. So, um, you know, I was in those situations, especially early on in my career. I mean, I missed I think 19 games in my first two seasons for hits that I feel like I'd taken a hundred times, you know, and and for some reason uh, I wasn't getting up from them and and. Uh, then played eight and a half years and didn't miss a game, you know. So it's just a, it's a game that, you know, injuries happen. They're not 
you know, fun part. They're probably the worst part of this game. Um, but uh, he's a strong-willed guy. Obviously, uh, we support the heck out of him, and, and whenever he's back, we'll be, uh, you know, we happy to have him. I don't really have a problem with 90% of the stuff that Matthew Stafford said. What we didn't hear in that clip, also Matthew addressed the his wife's situation, making comments about not relating to the young guys. We said he had no problem with it, but that's not really what I wanted to touch on because I already gave you what I thought felt about that. Um, I agree with 90% of what he said. And keep in mind, I'm one of those guys that always said you can win a Super Bowl with Matthew Stafford. I said the same thing with the stuff y'all hear me say about Dak on this show years ago when I was standing up for Matt. He was in Detroit. I'm like, man, go look at Detroit. You can win a Super Bowl with Matt. And all of a sudden, he went his first year, went to the Rams, first team, won a Super Bowl first year. So it's no kind of personal vendetta against Matthew Stafford. But I'm going to tell you this. And, you know, again, it's kind of, and Matt, and I consider Stafford as one of those old school players. I mean, he's not really part of this young generation. He's on the 18th green of his career, so he's kind of old school still. So I kind of get it. But miss me, we're in 2023, and unfortunately, since the NFL opened the gates and they said, hey, man, I know we've been a certain way, but, you know, when we look at these numbers, you fantasy people, come on in. I miss it with the players sitting here bitching and complaining about how they're perceived in fantasy. That this is somebody's life. This is some look, man. Look, there's a lot of people that are dealing with a lot of things differently now because of social media, where we're the society. The reason why I'm done with the players is because they're benefiting from it. This is and and, and when we went through this last, you know, labor agreement, whatever, because keep in mind that there was a time where the NFL, they stayed distant from fantasy football. You they they didn't want to talk about it. They didn't and the players kind of took that that lead but in the last two or three years when you walk in the stadiums they got fantasy updates on the scoreboard it's on the ticker in the stadium they've got shows on their own network they own fantasy live on nfl network this is part of those 25 to 30 million that's viewing in for a game on a thursday on a sunday this is a a section of your fan base so i see matthew having an emotional tie to cooper and, and, and I get how that could be because that's his brother there that's kind of like, hey, man, like this guy's we don't know what Cooper could be basically depressed. And I'm pretty sure he is like, damn, man, I did all this rehab. You know, I missed a lot. And now I got to deal with this. But I don't need Matthew Stafford or any NFL player addressing the union and saying this like, hey, man, y'all got this is human. We understand that. But fantasy football. Um, I'm not saying I like it. I don't like the direction fantasy has gone anyway because it's so damn saturated, but it's a part of what they do. It is. Diehard football fans, diehard fan base fans, gamblers, and fantasy football. No other sport has that combination. Not baseball. You got old rotisserie league. They ain't drawing that kind of numbers. Basketball, I can't even tell you how to play basketball, fantasy basketball. They don't have all that. This is a part. No one else is getting the World Series. You could take the Dodgers, and we know they ain't making it, speaking of the Yankees, but you could take the Dodgers, a dream World Series, Dodgers and Yankees. Relive the 80s. Oh, you know, the 80s match. You could take that, and they're not going to do 20 million people for the World Series. And a lot of that contributes to diehard football, people in America. We love our football. But a lot of that is fantasy football and gambling. That's all.
I'm like, Steph, are you mad just because you looked and found out that your average leads, you went like round 11, 10? Or did your wife come to you and say, honey, do you, was there a reason? I would talk to Pac, is there a reason why you hadn't gone in the third round of most drafts I see? So you just mad at fantasy football? And I love Matthew Stafford, by the way. But miss me with the complaining about these guys are human. Because honestly, that's a natural reaction to everybody. Cooper Cup, damn. There goes my fantasy. When you've got some people that got big money into these leagues, average people, you got athletes that got big money in the fantasy. I mean, people take that stuff serious. I don't take it as much serious as people do, but they do. So when I hear that, it's just it, the Rams are going to be very interesting to me. You know, I've talked about the Caleb Williams things. I know what his daddy tried to put out there. Oh, pump the brakes. It's not a forgiveness he's coming out. Uh, yeah. Go look at what uh, Bryce Young signed for early this year, coming out a rookie. And, and at the end of the day, that ain't even what he's getting endorsements. There ain't no NIL money that long. Like I said, he gets on New York again, Caleb Williams' ass is coming out. The only thing he can do is sit there and say, I don't want to go there if he, wants to, if he wants to say it with his chest out. But the Rams are very interested to me. You know, I heard Orlowski say this, which I didn't even think about. He believes the situation, if they really get out of hand, they're not good, they could end up trading Matthew Stafford. If somebody now, I don't know if I buy into that because I feel like, well, you know, Dan Olosky's played the game. He's been, you know, he's a quarterback. He's played with the Lions. He's been in there. I've just done radio. And Dan Olosky knows more football than I do maybe in two lifetimes. But the reality of it is, is that there's an emotional tie between McVay and Stafford. I don't care how bad it gets. I can't see them trading him during the season. Um, I believe because of what his wife, the breadcrumbs that she's put out, I believe this is going to be his last year regardless. Uh, but this is a very – that situation, I know how I feel how I feel about this Rams team. I know they're one of the youngest teams in the league. So I know how I feel about them. I think I'm more interested to see how Matthew Stafford, what he looks like in this situation. Like, is this going to give him flashbacks to Detroit days? Like, damn. You know, I feel like I'm in Detroit again because I'm getting my ass kicked every play. I'm picking myself up from the line. Because remember how many they, – they were devastated with injuries on the offensive line last year. That was really what crumbled for them. But that's the only thing I wanted to say. Stop it, Matthew. Stop it. What do you feel about that, Jonas? I mean, do you – I mean, you do you get – because, I mean, I feel like asking you because you're in the business. So, you – I mean, I know you can compartmentalize, but do you kind of get that notion? Do you want to – because you – the reason why I'm asking you, because you've in, – in my world, you have painted out this to me to where you're basically, like, across the board, like, hush up and just go play. Like, like stop complaining. It could be worse. Like, look at what we got to do. So how do you feel about Matthew Stafford? Do you kind of feel where he's coming from, or do you think it's kind of like an overreaction, or you should just basically, as a football player, understand that that comes with the territory? Hey, I think it's just one of those things you have to tune out. Um, yeah, good be, point. Because it, part of it is a, you know, sit down and be quiet, you know, Stafford, because – Part of it, not all of it, but part of it, because fantasy football and fantasy football owners, uh, fantasy football has has helped propel the NFL to the level that it is in terms of you've got office pools, like you say, you've got everybody participates, even if you don't know what's going on. All right. Uh, my my sisters, I got two sisters, and they joined fantasy football leagues just to because they had a group of friends that went and did uh, mimosas on Sundays and so they'd go to brunch and, and, right. and to go watch the football games with, with you know the, the guy friends that were part of their group and they were like well it would be more fun if we have you know some some skin in the game so they played fantasy hmm. football 
So now they know who Patrick Mahomes is. They know who Matthew Stafford, Joe Burrow. So because, you know, fantasy football does carry some of the weight for, you know, propelling the NFL to where it's at, to the level where it's at, I feel like you have to be like, uh, you have to understand that that is part of the conversation. And it's one of those things, it doesn't, it, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter to you. Matthew Stafford, what somebody says on Twitter about Cooper Cup's availability or not being there or, you know, why is this guy always hurt? I'm sure there's guys in the locker room that are questioning, why is Cooper Cup always hurt? Yeah. You know, and because they want him on their team, not just fantasy football owner. Because they they agreed to sign with the Rams because he's there. So part of it is just, you know, sit down, Matthew Stafford. The other part of it is why why are you letting this get to you to the point where you got to address this with the media? Now, in Matthew's defense, I will say this in Matthew's defense, I don't want to come out to be like this. Matthew Stafford's the first guy that got upset about fantasy football questions. No, he's not. He's a list. I can go back to what was the running back with the Texans, Johnson. What was that years ago? I forgot the guy that was the running back. Foster. Arian Foster. He got he I mean he used to get pissed because the fantasy when he got I don't care about your defense. Now that was at a time where the NFL really wasn't behind this like they are now. But on the other part of that, you got guys like legends and Hall of Fame like Peyton Manning that took his fantasy Sunday seriously, his performance for his fantasy owners. So it's kind of a yin and a yang there. You listen to the sports grind. Today's show is being presented by Dosecki's Get a Dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing spin of the one and twos. We'll be back. Texas summers can get hot, but now they're blazing with the new Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix. The latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup brings the same great bold and delicious taste that you already know, only much hotter. Shake things up with Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix made with premium ingredients and crafted for a bold and savory taste, whether with your favorite vodka or with the pre-mixed ready-to-drink cans. Zing Zang, America's favorite Bloody Mary and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please Zing Zang responsibly. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to choosetiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the sports grind. All right, back here on the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing and spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dosecchi's Get a Dose, and we are broadcasting here from the Maestro Dobell Tequila Studios. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Pendleton Whiskey. Keep in mind, Pendleton Whiskey is an oak barrel aged whiskey distilled in Canada using some of the finest ingredients from Oregon's highest peak, which is Mount Hood, by the way. Also, keep in mind, Pendleton Whiskey was specifically created to celebrate the bowl 
spirit of independence and hardworking ethic of the American cowboy. Pilden Whiskey is an official spirit of the Pro Rodeo Cowboy Association, and it's an official whiskey of the Professional Bull Riding Tour, which is the PBR Velocity Tour, and it's an official whiskey of the Sports Grind and an official sponsor of the Sports Grind. 87737-GRIND. All right, so... To that other team, finally, in the AFC West, okay, the Denver Broncos. We know they get kick-started week one, Sunday, 325 Central Standard Time, 225 Mountain Time. Got to get used to this mountain time since I'm up in the mountains now. Um, Look. I, first of all, before I get into the game, because we got time to talk about it tomorrow, I wanted to go ahead and talk really about the captains that were announced uh, yesterday for the Denver Broncos. Okay. Um, let me count here. There was a total of one, two, three, four, five captains named. All right. Uh, six. Six. Okay. I'm sorry. The Roosevelt math. I missed a name there. Six. Quarterback Russell Wilson. Wide receiver Cortland Sutton, tackle Mike McGlinchey, safety Justin Simmons, and Kareem Jackson, that's the name I missed, and punter Riley Dixon. Okay, there's one the, – the, the one thing I look – and I understand this is really the players that kind of vote on this in the locker room and everything, and I'll tell you the one consistent in that name, and that's not the guy that I want to talk about today, but the one consistent in that is Justin Simmons. I mean, he touched on it as well yesterday, saying that, hey, he doesn't take it lightly. It's a, it's a different leadership role, but he takes it as an honor because he's constantly been consistent as the guy that pretty much has been voted by his peers. The one guy on there, there's one guy that is not on there, and there's one guy that's on there. And I'm not going to use the word storyline because I don't think that's the right word to use. But it's going to be something I'm going to be paying attention to. Mike McGlinchey. So Garrett Bowles, which y'all know how I feel about Garrett Bowles. If, if it wasn't him coming off of an injury... I would have basically used my early times in the mountain area in Denver to basically start a campaign. The outsider coming in saying, hey, can we get Garrett Bowles out of here? But he's coming off of a serious injury. Mike McGlitchie just showed up. Now, granted, Mike McGlitchie's coming from that winning organization, the 49ers. I've told you all there's three organizations that everybody's chasing. It's the it's the Kansas City Chiefs because they got the crown. They've been the most consistent, but there's them, Philly and the 49ers. And that's pretty damn impressive considering the 49ers just traded somebody away fourth rounder that they they spent three first round picks. But again, that's just, that's one of those that I mean, you've been doing so good in class. If you get to the final exam and blow it with a 70, you're still going to leave with a 90, 95 GPA. I never got to experience what that felt like, shockingly, but that's just really compared to that. Garrett Bowles, not to be voted captain, he's he's one of the highest paid offensive linemen over there. Now, I ain't going to say McGlitchie and Powers just got paid coming over this way, but they're just new in town. And McGlitchie, I've told you, that's a Sean guy. I, I believe in my opinion, that's a Sean go get. To give him captain, I mean, I'm not telling you I had a problem with it, but it's kind of, that stands out. Uh, the fact that it was McGlitchie and not 
Garrett Bowles. And I've told you, McGlitchy was one of those signings from the media, national media, outside the Colorado area that really came under question that Sean Payton, the amount of money he gave him, and pretty much, you know, kind of McGlitchy's performance. And I think a lot of people with McGlitchy, the critics that had a problem with that signing, had a lot to do. If you go back to that divisional round game between the Dallas Cowboys, Micah Parson kind of like picked him up with one arm. It looked like he picked him up with one arm and moved him out to the side. And you just had that steel tape of that. And a lot of people are like, damn, you gave that guy that much money? But the fact that Garrett Bowles wasn't voted captain, but McGlitchy was. And I would say the other thing that comes a little bit, not surprising, but it's something to make note to, Arguably, probably their best defensive player is not voted a captain, and that's Patrick Sertain the second. Now, the way I look at that is that guys lead different. I've always said this. You're either born a natural leader or you're not. That's not something a coach can give you. A teacher can't give you that. A boss can't give you that. A husband, a wife can't give you that. Either you are a leader in the family or leader in the workplace, leader in the locker room, or you're not. Okay, and that, if you're not a true leader, it doesn't mean you're a bad person. It just means you don't you're not comfortable. You don't have that trait. And I think Patrick Sertain the second is one of those guys that probably lead by example on the field. But I think also it lets me know is that Patrick Sertain probably is not comfortable yet in his own skin, really wanting to take over and be a real strong voice in this locker room. So those are the two things that I wanted to touch on with the captains being announced yesterday is the fact that Garrett Bowles wasn't voted one, the new guy that just showed up, McGlitchy, was, and then, of course, you got to have somebody on special teams. And Riley Dixon, I mean, the punter, I mean, he's he's a guy that I've heard on special teams. He's a nice guy that people like in the locker room, but uh, that's something I took notice. Second of all, that I took notice to in regards to this particular you know, Denver team heading into week one versus the Raiders is hearing some of these guys speak. You know, Justin Simmons said, speaking of Justin Simmons, he said there was a different vibe in the locker room this and, and really the whole building this week. And and he means not necessarily just overall compared to the Hackett years or years before, because Justin is one of the few guys that have been through this losing stink. Like, Justin's one of those guys that have been through this whole losing and not winning since 16 and losing 17, 18. I mean, hell, he's one of the few guys left there that was there with Vance Joseph was the head coach. But what he means by is that, you know, from training camp, you know, this, we have it. Like, the tone has gotten more serious in this week. And this is really their first test as a group led by Sean Payton, Russell Wilson tandem going into the first week of preparation under Sean Payton in this new coaching regime. So when Justin Simmons tells me that it kind of feels different, it's like a little bit more serious now, that's a good thing. Because the one thing Sean did say that I did like when he took this job was the fact that we don't want – I mean, he was on Fox when they were picking the Super Bowl between the Eagles and the Chiefs. He probably knew deep down the Chiefs was going to win, but he said, hey, I can't pick them. I mean, we can't have – he had already accepted the job by then. He goes, we want to hate – we don't want anybody in the division to win anything. I like that. Okay. He's, he's, he needs to remind a lot of these youngsters, like in this organization, I know the Bowmans are gone. Pat's gone, been gone, rest his soul, one of the best owners in professional sports. It's over a new regime. But what these guys got to know, this is an organization where that organization, speaking of the Raiders, okay, led by Mark Davis, his daddy still owe a guy that we consider still family and Mike Shanahan money. This is, this is business week. This is Raider week.
It's been a little bit too cordial over here at Dove Valley when it comes to these Raiders. And to be honest with you, and this is the reason why I say it's one of the most important games I can remember following this organization that they've had in a long time opening up in week one. And keep in mind, this is one of those situations. Denver has never really lost too many opening games in week one at home anyway. Why? You got the altitude. People out of shape. You come in there and you it, it's, it's an advantage if you have the right team. The other thing I'm interested to look at, too, and when that game comes up, as I talked about it yesterday, Josh Jacobs, the dominance that he's had over the Denver Broncos in his last three games against Denver. The other thing that's interesting to me, the last time that they played, week 17 last year in that funk of a season, Denver lost by three. Devontae Adams, I believe, had a hundred and if I these are things that I want to forget, but I know he had like a buck fifteen or buck ten in receiving. And it was kind of built up, you know, Patrick Sertain versus Devontae Adams. So I'm eager because I'm telling you, they're looking at some of that tape. They're looking at some of that tape. I know Derek Carr ain't there and Jimmy's there. It's gonna be pretty much the system, Josh. It's gonna be a little bit different, but I guarantee you this coach's staff is looking at that week 17 tape and looking at some of that to get an idea of what Josh McDaniels like to do. But those two things, I think, are how are you going to stop Josh Jacobs and what are going to be the adjustments with Patrick Sertain and how are they going to cover Devontae Adams? I don't think Patrick Sertain is going to be on Devontae Adams the whole time. So that's my thoughts on that. Oh, my bad. I thought we were Friday breaking it down already, but I thought I'd just jump ahead and get that one out of there. So that's going to be a key game. Could you imagine? And let me talk to Orange Nation for a little bit. This is the scenario that you want to take place this week one. Miami plays the Chargers. There's only in the AFC West, there's only two teams that's playing division games this week. That's the Raiders and Denver. Detroit come in here, put an ST dub, shock the world tonight. They still put they still a little punch drunk from Super Bowl. I think Miami's going to crush the building on the Chargers Sunday. I really do. I mean, I think Kellen Moore in the game might be in a shootout. But I think if Tua stays up standing right, and that's the key to their whole season, they're going to put it on the Chargers. And so, therefore, the winner out of the Raiders and the Denver Broncos can be staring at the only team won all weekend and also the only team that's won it on a division. And I will say this, and I'll probably repeat it again tomorrow. If this is a team that's going to be taken serious, and when I say serious, I think in the AFC, you, you got to be you got to be at double digits. I mean, you got to get to 10. You know, everybody in their life, every heterosexual male dreams about one day bagging a dime piece, a 10. Okay? Some of us has been fortunate to have it in the course of our lifetime. Some of us are fortunate never to ever see what that's like. That's why I tell everybody. It ain't always about the looks. Conversation rules the nation. In the AFC, you got to chase that dime piece. It's about 10 wins. If this Denver team is going to be a player this year, and we know the storylines and with the rust and all that, when you stare at the Raiders and Washington Commanders, and I feel like Washington could possibly be a better team than Raiders, those first two games at home, you probably need to go and go 2-0 in those games if you're going to try to get to 10. Because over the next few weeks over the ride, you're talking about the Dolphins. I doubt they ain't beating the Dolphins. I mean, I, I mean, I don't I don't that's that's not a game. So my point is, it's important. I've been preaching that I think it's the most important week one game in this organization history because all the story because of the bad the past before. I mean, Sean can talk about rearview mirrors all he want to, but sometimes them ghosts show up still and you got to exercise them. So that's a big game at three twenty five Central Standard Time. But I just want to touch on 
the captains. That was interesting. No Garrett Bowles. And, and I want to see how Garrett responds to this. I want to see how he responds to this. I don't need to see three, four holded penalties in five weeks, false starts. Get it in. I know he has to get his legs back under him and all that. But reality of it is, he, he's got to perform. And I think that's very alarming that you got and you won the most high paid offensive lineman in the building and you didn't get voted captain. But the newcomer McGlitchy that came in got voted in. 877-37-GRIND. Also, keeping it moving, uh, we didn't get to this yesterday. Um, do you have this up, Jonas? You need time in regards to the, I think it was ESPN Plus had did a survey. Uh, and this survey was done between scouts. To be honest with you, if this wasn't done between anonymous, like some GMs and scouts, I, if it was just players, I probably wouldn't even really pay too much attention to it. But it came across my radar because it was done by scouts and GMs that pretty much went ahead and kind of, I guess they broke down potentially the top five corners. And then if they do 10 or five, Jonas, I think uh, it was five. 10. Oh, okay. Well, we can go to 10. And, I saw five. Uh, you have the honorable mentions as well. Okay. We'll just start from 10 on down. Um, but Jeremy Fowler is the Jeremy one. Jeremy Fowler's the one? He's okay. the one responsible over there for this, okay. putting together this piece. Um, we'll start at number 10 and count it down. Uh, but first, we'll start with your honorable mentions. Xavier Howard, J.C. Horn, Tariq Woolen, Tredavious White, uh, Legereus Sneed uh, all received um, votes, but were not did not make the top Damn, 10. Damn, Tyreek Woolen just got honorable mention after a season like that? He couldn't even get 10 or 9? I mean, I don't want to sound 2-1-0 biased, but damn. I mean, I, I, well, I'll tell you this one time. This would be the last year that he's not on that list if he stays healthy. But go ahead. I digress. Go ahead. Uh, moving into the, to, to your top 10, starting at the bottom, A.J. Terrell of the Falcons, Denzel Ward of the Browns, Trayvon Diggs comes at 8 for the Dallas Cowboys, Marshawn Lattimore of the Saints at 7, Marlon Humphrey, who starts the season injured for the Baltimore Ravens at 6, uh, Darius Slay for the Eagles at five. Mm. Uh, getting into four is Jair Alexander for the Packers. Two uh, or three, sorry, Jalen Ramsey for the Dolphins. Remember, he's over there now. Yeah. Uh, Sauce Gardner is number two, and PS2 is number one. Hmm. Hmm. Well, before I get to PS2, let me back up to Ramsey. Now, we know... Even when Ramsey was with the Rams in that Super Bowl, he gave up some big plays. That other season, he gave up some chunk plays. I, I, I think Ramsey, look, that, he's part of the reason. I mean, we know he's not, uh, he's not healthy. He's not going to be playing the start of the season. But he's another reason why, along with Vic Vangio, that I'm kind of high on Miami, plus what I saw if Tua could stay healthy and McDaniels play calling. But to have him at three, that's a little bit of reputation in my, in, in my opinion. Um, I think definitely he's definitely a top 10, you know, corner in the league. But three is a little bit of love. And where do you say they had Slay at? Uh, Slay comes in at five. Okay. Um, where's your guy on that? Did he make it? Where, where's your guy at over there at Cleveland? Denzel came in at nine. You disagree with that? No, I think it's fair. I think it's actually maybe even a little bit more than he deserves. I mean, he's he's when he's healthy, uh, he's pro bowler, uh, one of the best in the in the, in the game. I mean, definitely paid, but <clears throat> definitely paid like it. Right. 
But he, he deals with concussion issues, and that's one of the things coming into Bengals week is hmm. um, he was a full... The, the big big report is that you know he's, he appeared at practice this week because he's been dealing with a concussion. So... Uh, the, over the, since the final preseason game. And he has at nine. I, I think really, I mean, and that's a tough list because it's always like, you know, when we talk about the NBA All-Stars and all that, like who are you going to take off? Who are you going to I, I would have liked to seen, I will tell you this, I'll just go on the record. That's going to be the last time I think Tyreek Woolen is not in the top ten. Um, and where they had Sauce Gardner where? Sauce was two. He's the reigning rookie defensive back. player of the year. And to Patrick Satane, too. Oh, speaking of Patrick. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Got to give a shout-out. I mean, this came. I forgot to tell you this came. Hey, I'm going to put this up for the screen because I want to give a shout-out to Maha Sports. And this came in just in there. I said, yeah, because you know they – shout-out to Nate. He's like, hey, I'm going to send you a copy so you can get the client. With. I said, oh, yeah, that's cool. When they hit the mail, be like, nah, they're not getting this. We have to get the next issue. But uh, shout-out to Maha Sports who you see. Patrick Satane, Maha Sports. Look at that. Just clean. Just clean. Look at that. Look at that. Look. First of all, I, like I told you, he has an unfair advantage because he just built like what a corner is supposed to be. He's got DNA, man. His dad played for Miami. I mean, his dad was a B. He's, I mean, just that way. And that's a nice segue because it goes to me like it's a surprise that he's not voted captain. And again, I think he's more of the quiet type of guy that maybe I, I ain't going to go Tim Duncan, but he's more of the quiet type of leading by example instead of rah-rah. Those are the two things. McGlitchy beating Garrett Bowles and PS2, the best defensive player, arguably not being voted captain. But this nice guy sitting here on this cover, Devontae gave him, you know, look, he might not have been him on all plays. I know you can go to next-gen stats and be like, okay, the times he covered this, for the most part, Devontae, did you confirm that? Didn't he have like over 100 yards in week 17? Uh, yeah, he had what, seven catches for two touchdowns oh, and 141 yards. Oh, come on. Jacobs might be the head of the snake, but we got to do something with Devontae in regards to that. When we get back, keep in mind, we still got the Super Bowl because this is what I don't just want to do the Super Bowl pick. I want to give you what I think the final four, the conference championship, and then the Super Bowl. I ain't going to pick who's going to win it. I just want to pick who I think is going to be there. We still got to get to that. Deshaun Watson met with the media yesterday. I want to talk about that. He said he ain't the quarterback in 2020, but I'm going to let you know what he said after that. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producer, spinning the one and twos. We'll be back. When life sounds too much like this. It's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Maestro Dobel Tequila was born from 11 generations of tequila-making legacy. It is sourced from a single estate in the volcanic lowlands of Jalisco, Mexico, using the finest 100% blue agave. Double distilled and aged in European white oak barrels, Maestro Dobel's commitment to innovation isn't only to discover new ways of distilling and aging. It's about elevating and crafting a superior tequila that is the essence of mastery. 
Maestro Dobel is the official tequila of the PGA Tour and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please drink responsibly. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits, and world-class wine to chips, dips, and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. 